Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Over the past several weeks, we've been looking at the seven end time events. We've talked about how the Bible relates the last days to the time of Pentecost before the rapture. So are we living in the last days? Yes, we are in the last days. But we don't know when the end is going to come. But these events that we're talking about over these seven weeks are the, la- the end. It's the culmination of God's plan. We've looked at this uh, chart uh, that we've been using as, a, using as a guide for us. The present church age, the rapture of the church where we, he comes for us, Jesus comes for us, we go up and meet him in the clouds. The seven years of tribulation, which I preached on last week. If you didn't have a chance to see that, you weren't here, you need to catch that on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can access that through our church app, through our website, through YouTube channel, just search Hope Assembly of God, however, but you should check that out if you missed it. Um, and then after the seven years of tribulation, Christ returns to earth, which ushers in the thousand years of the millennium. After the millennium, there'll be a, another falling away uh, because the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. And then will come um, the last judgment in our eternal state. Some will go to heaven and some, unfortunately, many will go to hell and be separated from God uh, forever and forever. What we talk about is it's serious business here. Oftentimes when I meet with our leaders before Sunday morning, I'll mention that this could be the most important day in someone's eternity. That's how important it is in what we do in proclaiming God's word. If we believe God's word and we believe that we must be born again, that Jesus is the only way, and that there's a heaven for believers and a hell for those that don't believe, then what we do is very serious business. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we take the things of God very seriously. And what we're going to talk about today within the tribulation period, because I just couldn't, you can't cover everything that needs to be covered in a half hour. We've been using Wednesday nights a little bit to help with that. But I want to take a look at the Antichrist, the Antichrist. In the last days, again, from Pentecost to the rapture, there is the spirit of Antichrist. And we can see that in our world today. 1 John uh, 2, uh, 2.18 talks about it. It's a satanic-empowered opposition to God and all that God has comp- accomplished through Jesus Christ. It's the opposition. We're seeing that now in this, these last days, this 2,000-year period. I don't know if it's ratcheting up. What I do know is that the Lord is closer to his return now than ever. That's what I do know. I don't know everything, and anybody that says they know everything, you can be sure they don't know anything. Right? Part of wisdom is understanding. I know less now than I knew before. See? Somebody that says they know all these answers, they don't. Even John saw things that they, in the, when it was being revealed, they said, don't write this down. <laughs> so there's stuff that, stuff. There's just things we, we just don't know and we're not going to know. And I'm not one to speculate. I'm not a news watcher trying to fit this person into this category and this event into that. Because every generation has done that and yet we're waiting on the Lord's return. 
Here's really what I focus on, the big picture of what's going to happen and how wonderful and marvelous the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is. And I want to make sure I'm on his team. And I want to make sure everybody that listens and is part of our church online, on site, wherever it is, is on Jesus' team. And then we'll let the coach and the captain and the leader and the king, he takes care of all the things we don't know. Amen? Amen. So the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world, but there is coming a time where this spirit of Antichrist will be represented in bodily form. And one commentator said, as an influential international leader. Now this international uh, influential leader will be empowered by Satan himself. Can't you see the world longing for a political leader? Can't you see that? That's where I get so passionate about the church not looking for a political leader. We already have our leader. And he's Jesus. We spend all our time worrying about political leaders when Jesus is our leader. And whether the leader is Republican, Democrat, or somewhere in between, he's still not our king. We already have a king. And he's not voted on. He can't be impeached. And he doesn't have term limit. That's the, that's the one that I really honestly focus my attention on. And the more I focus on the things of the world, the more aggravated I become. But the more angry and the more fearful I become. But wow, when I stop doing that and I start focusing my attention on Jesus, it's just better. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just better. We can live at peace in the midst of turmoil because our focus of attention is on the right person. All right. So he will be empowered by Satan. He'll be influential. Uh, we can see how the world is ripe for a world leader to come and say, hey, I've come to bring peace. I've come to bring all the nations together in agreement. That's what the Antichrist is going to do. But it's all a lie. It's a deception. Because false peace always leads to war. We didn't look in detail, I think we did on Wednesday night, about the four horsemen. And the first horseman is peace, and the second one, I think, is war. Because false peace always leads to war. So he's going to promise peace, but not be able to deliver it. He won't be able to deliver it as a man, but, he, but Satan, who empowers him, doesn't want to deliver peace. He's a liar, and a murderer, and a thief, and a destroyer, and that's what he wants to accomplish. And he wants to accomplish that through the Antichrist. Paul uses different terms, a man of lawlessness, a man, uh, uh, a man doomed to destruction, the beast coming out of the sea we'll look at, the scarlet beast in Revelation 17, the beast again in Revelation 17. None of these are good terms. When John was seeing what was going on, what he saw was ugly. It was a beast coming. Okay? He saw the lamb, and then the other side is the beast so what I'm going to do, same thing I did last week, I'm going to just relate, I think I have nine points, and all God's people said, oh Lord, help him not to get stuck on one, all right? So pray for me, um, but, and then just read the scripture, that's all. You won't be able to keep up with all the scripture, but if you just email us, I'll send you the notes, we already have it in PDF form, and all the scriptures and everything will be on there. Not my little side things, but just the notes, it'll all be there. All the scriptures, the nine points with everything. All you have to do is email us, one click, boom, it's yours. Don't use it, don't sell it, don't preach it as your own. 
Actually, I don't care about that. If you preach it as your own and use it for the glory of God, then use it for the glory of God. I, I was just teasing. Number one, the Antichrist will be a ruler during the tribulation who controls the entire world. Most of us here in this room, maybe not up in the social hall, but remember when it seems so far-fetched to be able to communicate with the whole world. How's that going to happen? Well, come on. Now I could turn on my phone and I could stream live and they would get it instantaneously. I mean, it's ridiculous. So it's going to be easy for whoever the Antichrist is to control the communication and to be able to communicate with the whole world. Years ago, it was far-fetched. Now it's nothing. It's, it's not even, it's not even uh, a cutting-edge technology. I, I still think this, this is not prophetic. It might be pathetic, but not prophetic. I, I, just, I, I know what's coming is that I'll be able to call my kids in Virginia, and it's going to be a hologram, and we'll be able to see them. I'm not so sure that that's that far away. Technology is nothing. That's not an issue. He will influence the whole entire world, not just a pocket, but the whole entire world. Think of that. He'll be, number two, an incredibly wicked person. Some of you, I'm already on point two. You just went, we might get out of here today. Point two, he will be an incredibly wicked person. Paul describes him as a man of lawlessness, completely evil. Now, is that how he's going to present himself? He's not going to present himself as, hey, I'm the most evil man that's ever walked on the face of the planet. No, an angel of, you see, you see how this all ties together with everything Satan's been trying to accomplish? He'll be, I, I believe he'll be well-spoken, be intelligent. He'll speak probably multiple languages. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. You can see how he could do this, but he will be the most wicked person ever to walk on the face of the earth. Paul writes to the Thessalonians in 2, 2, and 3. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those that say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them. Even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. See, even 2,000 years ago, people were hearing from God, and it caused more damage than it did good. You know how I like to hear from God? Through his word. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that he actually speaks through his word? And then some other things, he confirms his word through sometimes supernatural means. But the supernatural means never go against his word. Well, I want to know the will of God for my life. Well, have you read the word? I want to know what God wants me to do. Have you read the word? No, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for a word. I like the idea of why don't you pick up the word and let God work. Can I get an amen from that? Because it's, we need to focus on that. It's, he goes on, don't be fooled by what they say. For that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed. And then watch what Paul says, the one who brings destruction. The one who brings destruction. He will be an incredibly wicked person, the man of lawlessness. He's described, number three, as a beast. In Revelation 13, 1, and the dragon stood on the shore of the sea. Now, does that mean he was in uh, Atlantic City? Uh, probably not. What it, it's symbolic that the sea represents the nations of the world. And, and it has this sense in our time of the, the waves and, and all of that, the, the tumultuous 
nations that are, you know, just warring. And the, the enemy stands on the shore of the sea. And I saw a beast coming out of the sea, meaning he's going to come out of the nations. The nations, and however that works, I don't know. But the nations are going to give authority to the Antichrist. He'll get his power from Satan, his authority from the nations, because world leaders are waiting for a world leader. See? That's the beast coming out of the sea. He had ten horns, seven heads, with ten crowns on his horns, and each one had a blasphemous name. Again, when the Antichrist is on earth, is he going to have ten horns and seven heads? And No. He's going to look like a, a regular person. This is symbolic. He's going to have power is what it is. He's going to have power. He's going to want to be called Lord, Savior. The names we use for Jesus, he was going to want to be called, and it becomes blasphemous. He's going to eventually establish himself as God to be worshipped, which we'll see. Uh, number four, he'll set up an image of himself in the temple and demand to be worshipped. Revelation 13, 4, men worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. Okay, who's the dragon? Satan, right? Satan's the dragon, and he gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast. They worshiped the beast and asked, who is like the beast? Who can make war against him? Well, I know someone that's not like the beast, and he ain't going to make war against them. He's just going to speak the word and defeat them. Never lose sight of that. People read Revelation and they're terrified. I'm not sure why. There's nothing to be afraid of. Well, I guess if you hate God, there's something to be afraid of. But if you've accepted Jesus and loved Jesus, it's, it's, a, it's a good news. That in the end, he wins and he lets us be with him. That's good news. This stuff, does, I keep saying stuff. That's not very, apologize to my parents to help pay for my college education. Stuff, theology, by the way, yeah, stuff. You know, this doesn't frighten me. This excites me. It encourages me. It, it, it humbles me. It gives me a sense of peace that I can stop being the general manager of the universe. That I don't have to control everything that happens in my life. Because there's a king. There's a king. And he's in charge. How about letting your shoulders drop? Can you let your shoulders drop? There's a king and he's in charge. I don't have to be the general manager of the whole universe or even my universe. All right. But he'll want to be worshipped. Isn't that what Satan's wanted from the beginning? People will worship him. Who's like the beast? Who can make war against him? Verse 8. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life, belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world will set himself up to be worshipped. He will exercise miracles through the power of Satan. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. You see that? He deceives those that are already perishing. Because their hearts are away from God. God's people, faithful followers of Jesus Christ, are not going to be deceived. I'm going to talk about 
the mark of the beast in a minute, but I'm going to jump ahead. No one, and I've told you this before, you've got to get this, no one is going to accidentally receive the mark of the beast. No one's going to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, even during the tribulation or whenever that is, that loves the Lord, worships the Lord, follows him and wants to do his will, and accidentally they wake up one morning and receive the mark of the beast and they're destined for hell. The mark of the beast starts here, long before it gets to here or here. You see that? It's here. It's in the heart. People will willingly receive the mark of the beast because they want to follow and worship the Antichrist. In, in essence, it's something like this. Oh, he's the one we've been waiting for. Wow, that's kind of frightening. The most evil man ever to walk on earth, he's the one they've been waiting for. And they will willingly line up to receive the mark of the beast. No one will accidentally be condemned to hell because they got in the wrong line. If I could say that. People will intentionally reject the lamb, which I'm going to show you again in a few minutes, and they'll willingly receive the mark because they don't want anything to do with God. And guess what God will do? He'll let them have their way. We think, oh, God condemns people to hell. Well, in actuality, people choose that for themselves. And God gives people what they want. I don't want to follow Jesus. Okay not going to make you follow Jesus. See? You see what I'm saying? All right. Let me keep going. Um, I lost my tape. Is Justin up there? No. I lost my tape. And therefore, I need to switch microphones. So when I see him, I will do that. All right? He's young to have to go to the bathroom as often. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So he deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. Okay? Number six, he will have the ability to deceive the nations. It goes to Revelation 20. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations. So he has the power to deceive the nations. And then for a thousand years He'll be released for a short time. We'll get to that later. Number seven, the Antichrist will be assisted by the false prophet. This is the beast of the earth, the beast of the earth. And then I saw, Revelation 13, I saw another beast. So we see the first beast empowered by the dragon, another beast coming out of the earth. Okay? He had two horns like a lamb. Isn't that interesting? But he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. So we have the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We have the unholy trinity, the dragon, the antichrist, and the false prophet. God the Father's plan. Jesus carries out the plan. The Holy Spirit glorifies the Son. 
Satan's plan. Antichrist carries it out. False prophet glorifies the Antichrist. See, Satan doesn't create, he counterfeits. I'm going to switch mics, Justin, to this one. He doesn't create, he, he counterfeits. And that's exactly what's going on here. This beast, uh, the second beast, the false prophet, will be able to perform miracles, and he will he'll glorify the Antichrist and encourage people. You know, it's a false world, world religion, we might call it, okay? And he'll be in charge of that. He'll be the head of this false world religion, okay? Number eight, doing pretty good, right? I'm already on number eight. Some of, Linda's shocked. I can see it in her eyes. You know, the mask doesn't cover rolling your eyes. I'm just saying. Just saying. God bless Newt. May the Lord give him strength every day. He will, he will kill the two witnesses who proclaim the gospel. Now, this I want you to see too. Is everybody okay? Kind of going slowly through this, just, you know, pacing ourselves because there's a lot in here. So God is going to send two witnesses, and they're going to what? Don't overthink of it. Don't over, they're going to they're gonna witness. <laughs> they're going to proclaim the gospel. That's what they're going to be doing. And so all of the people that hate God are going to hate these witnesses because they hate the gospel, because the gospel involves repent, right? Why do people hate Jesus? Because they don't want to repent. John says in John chapter 1, they love darkness more than they love light. Look at it from our perspective. How could you not love Jesus? He's so wonderful. But those outside of the kingdom, they love darkness. So here's these two uh, witnesses, and they have power, and they can't be defeated yet, and they're proclaiming worldwide, all the news channels, let's just play with this, the gospel, and of course the Antichrist hates them, and so he has them killed. Now, when they finish their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them. Their bodies will lie in the street of a great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Gomorrah, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, men from every people, tribe, and language, and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial." Isn't it interesting, when John went into the throne room of God, he also saw people from every tribe, every language, and every nation, but they were glorifying God. Now he sees people from every tribe, and so on and so forth, now that hate God, they even refuse them burial. Isn't it interesting, the focus on humanism now and humanity, humanity is the focus now, and yet those that focus most on humanity are the least tolerant of those that disagree. You see that? It's the spirit of Antichrist. Because any government or any person that is not under the rule of God does not become more humane, they become more demonic. Do you see that? So you can be for humanity all you want, but if you won't submit yourself to the Lamb of God, then you're not becoming more divine, you're becoming more demonic. Revelation 11 goes on. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts. Can you imagine? The witnesses are dead. Here's a fruitcake. And yes, fruitcake will survive the tribulation. 
because you just can't kill it. <laughs> I read this again this week, and I, I guess I knew this, but it just struck me, like literally staring at my computer, reading some stuff, they would send each other gifts. It, it just, what? Because these two prophets had tormented those who live on earth. But after three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them and they stood to their feet and terror struck those who saw them. Now here's what I want you to see. The gospel will be preached throughout the tribulation, but people will continue to reject the gospel. The gospel will be preached through the three witnesses. The gospel will be preached through the 144,000, which is probably more symbolic than a statistic. God doesn't deal with, okay, there's 100 and whatever the one number is before 144,000, and that's it. Nobody else can get saved. It's more representative of a lot. It's just a lot, okay? But anyway, they'll preach the gospel. And then God sends an angel. Watch, in Revelation 14, 6, then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on earth, to every nation, every tribe, every language, and people. Even in the midst of the wrath of God during the tribulation, there's grace and there's opportunity the gospel is being preached, but watch hum humanity's heart. The rest of mankind, now this is jumping around throughout Revelation chapter 9 first. The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. And they did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that cannot see, hear, or walk. They refused. Revelation 9.21, nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. In their minds, I would imagine that they think, oh, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. You know, people that think they're the most free are the ones that are most in bondage. Because the only ones that are free are whom the sun set free. You see? Ask an alcoholic how free they are. Ask a drug addict how free they are. See? All right, let me keep going, keep going. Oh, boy. Revelation 16, 9 through 11. They were seared with the intense heat, and what did they do? They cursed the name of God, who had control over the plagues, but they refused to repent and glorify him. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. Men gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed God of heaven because their pains and their sores, but they refused to repent for what they had done. Revelation 16, 21. From the sky, huge hailstones, about 100 pounds each, fell upon men, and they cursed God on account of the plague of hail because the plague was so terrible terrible, but they refused to repent. And a scripture I used last week in Revelation chapter 6, they would, call, they would not pray to God, they prayed to the mountains and the rocks to fall on them because of the wrath of the Lamb. So that they knew what was going on was the wrath of the Lamb, and yet they refused to surrender and submit to the Lamb that would save them, seal them, keep them safe till His glorious return. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. Your friends and family members and people that you work with, if I would just see a miracle, then I would believe. That's not true. 
It's not true. It's a heart issue. It's not a sight issue. When you believe, then you see. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You need to pray and intercede against the spiritual forces of wickedness that's going on in their lives. Rejecting the clear message of Jesus Christ. This doesn't make us happy. It breaks our hearts and it focuses our prayers. May the power of Satan be broken in their lives. And listen, people can live a good life, but we're never good enough to get to heaven. And they can look at themselves and say, well, I'm a good person. I'm better than my neighbor. I'm better than those people on TV satanic delusion because the Holy Spirit says there are none righteous no not one for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God pray against the forces of the enemy that are deceiving them that the light of Jesus would come into their hearts and into their minds do you understand all right two more he will attempt to kill all who do not receive the mark of the beast. I'm going to tell you what the mark of the beast is. It's the number 666. Okay, you got that, right? The number 6 is the number of man. The number 7 is the number of God. The number 777 is complete perfection. The number 666 is a complete falling short of the greatness of God. And one commentator said this, I love it. This number 666 proves that the Antichrist is a complete failure. I love that. He's a complete and absolute failure. Number 10, and lastly, now I'm going to preach this next week. I'm only going to give you a little bit. This is like the appetizer. This is like the, uh, oh, this is like the, the, the calamari that you order as an appetizer with the dipping sauce that's a little spicy, but not so much that you can't taste the rest of your meal. What the calamari says when you get it in the smaller thing, not the whole meal, when you get the smaller thing, what the calamari speaks to my heart, and it literally speaks to me and says, oh, this is so good, but it's going to get even better from this point forward. So this last point is... It's so good, but it's going to be even better next week. All right. Can, can I be nasty? Yeah. We had an awesome service last week. Were you here? We have half the people this week that we had last week. Isn't that funny? Oh, what a service. I got emails. I got texts. Oh, my goodness. The Spirit of God. Well, Half the people that were here last week. I don't know. It should, maybe it's just me. I just see things differently. I don't know. I want every good thing God has for me. So anyway, that's, don't, I don't mean to judge. Look, this Antichrist, the, the most wicked man that's ever walked the face of the planet, empowered by Satan himself, a whole religion built around him to worship him, Counterfeit signs and wonders and miracles. Nations will be on his side. Number 10, he'll be defeated by Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ comes back to earth to take care of everything. Glory to God. Revelation 17, this isn't even Revelation 19. This is 17. They have one purpose. This is the nations. 
and will give power and authority to the beast. Verse 14, our theme verse. You see it now in context? They will make war against the lamb, but the lamb will overcome them. Why? Because he's Lord of lords and king of kings, and with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.